It's Amber Bradley, your host for the unscripted side of LP. It's Talk LP Podcast time. What's up, everybody? It's Talk LP Podcast time. I'm Amber Bradley, your host extraordinaire. Join today, co-hosting with me, Angie Barnes from NAPCO. What's up, lady? Good afternoon, morning, Good morning. whatever time. <laughs> Wherever you are, Miss California's on the West Coast over there. We are super stoked to have our guest today, Heather Warner, head of global physical security for Amazon. That's right, the Zon. How are you, Heather? I'm good, thank you. We're so excited to have you here. I so I gotta obviously tell everyone we were fangirling over Amazon. Poor Heather had to take it and listen to all of our phenomenal stories of late night orders that end up on our porch by the time we wake up. So, um, want to dive in to kind of get in your head um, and and talk a little bit about your background, how you came to loss prevention, how you've been you've been with Amazon ten years. Kind of what's really cool about seeing like obviously exponential growth over that time. But we'll get to that. But talk to us a little bit about background, kind of how you came to this role. Uh, so I have a very non-traditional background. Most of the people that I speak with in LP are coming from LP, law enforcement, the military, um, government, uh, not me. I started in retail and I worked actually in retail for 15 years. And then um, something happened in 2008. You might remember the global economic collapse. So retail didn't actually become the best place to, you know, for me at least to to keep a career. So instead, what I did is I pivoted and got more into tech. And so I was a business analyst for several years for a midsize um, optical company on the 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 East Coast. And then after that, I got a, re- a call from a recruiter, and they were looking for a senior process design engineer. And I was like. I sure I I think I could do that. I have experience doing process design, you know, business analyst, all that. And I was like, what's the company? And they're they're like Amazon. I was like, oh, Amazon, sure. I'm familiar with Amazon. It was 2013. Amazon was still kind of a big deal, but not quite as big as it was then. So I ended up getting um the position with Amazon and AWS. And I was doing um process design in the data centers. And this was well, a while back. So this is probably before AWS was part of the public stock offering even. Um, I had a great few years doing that. And then Amazon is such a great company to work for because it is big and you do have a lot of different sectors and segments and categories. I looked um, into another role and it was an IT role. So I ended up being um, part of the IT PMO for Amazon and launched all the all the buildings that pretty much we built from about 2014 until about 2018 in um, in North America. Uh, so ran the, I ended up running the PMO for a period of that time as well. And then I was like, you know what, let's do something different. And I ended up joining our global security operations organization. And that's the organization I'm part of now. And I'm the head of uh, physical security technology. And it really was just happenstance. It, it, at Amazon, you can get a career with us because you just have that will to do something different and you are curious and you've got, you know, that grit. Um, 
And so for me, that's how I got into physical security. I by no means was an expert in 2018 when I started. Um, now, hopefully, I'm at least average um, with what I do. But uh, the scope of my role now is all physical security technology in our operation spaces globally. So that's every fulfillment center, delivery center, logistics center, um, all of that stuff. So um, access control, uh, video management, all those items fall under my my scope. So that is my interesting career. It's I would say unconventional. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's interesting you think about the tech piece and seeing growth, right? And and obviously the expansion of what seems like you guys have centers everywhere because you can get anything to anybody in like half an hour, it seems. But so before I head over to Angie really quick, talk a, a little bit about, you know, and this will probably parlay into Angie's question, but the spirit of innovation, obviously, is one of the things that comes to mind when you think about Amazon and being able to, you know, think, oh, I'm going to say it, think outside the box. It's such a played phrase, but it kind of goes so perfectly. Like, talk a little about like your personality and kind of how you said, look, I'm going to try this tech. I'm going to go over here and try this physical security role. Like, did it jive with the, what seems like the Amazon culture of like, Hey, let's just try it kind of thing. And, and obviously how did that, I mean, obviously it's going well, but you know, what, what, what can you offer the audience to be like, you got to have, seems like a little, uh, grit and like, you know, looking fear in the face and being like, nah, I can do that. So, you know, credit where credit's due. The I think the author of the book was Angela Duckworth and it was called Grit and I read it and it really resonated with me because for me, when I think about that Amazon culture, it's a culture of safety and failure and actually encouraging failure. Um, we don't want to fail all the time. And I'm very unoriginal saying this. I think that you could probably see, you know, Jeff Bezos saying this um, in writing as well as in plenty of different, you know, talks that he's done over the years. And the same thing for Andy Jassy right now. I think that he just mentioned it in one of our global all hands. But you have to be okay failing because you learn more from failing and doing it wrong sometimes than just getting it right the first time. Mm -hmm. Not only that, but it's fail fast and fail soft. Um, a lot of times at Amazon, people talk about the pace of work. And it is because we're incrementally delivering things just to see, does it work? Does it work? Does it work? A lot of times, you know, in, in past companies that I've worked for, it was a like six month, nine month, one year buildup to see if one thing works. And it's a big, all encompassing thing, whatever it is. For me, and I'll say in the physical security space, we're testing something, any little thing consistently to see if it works and finding out, do we have something there? So that I think is, you know, part of the culture. The other thing is the being okay to fail. Um, one of the things that I always um, laugh about is, you know, you have you broke Amazon yet? So we we try hard, we go big, um, and we have to be okay with failure because if you don't take risks, you don't often get any of the results or any of the glory that you're really looking for. So I hope I answered the question on that one. But yeah, for for me, Amazon is just a lot about failure, failing fast, failing soft, and being okay when it doesn't go as planned, because you'll know that you'll actually get something better at the end. That does parlay perfectly to you, Angie. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So try hard, go big, fail, fail. What is it? Fail often or fail 
fast well, and soft. Well, not fail often. No. <laughs> and fail soft. Fail right? fast and, and fail soft. Okay. But, I got to yeah. write. Those are going on my board, Heather. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like literally taking notes. And, you know, for someone like me, who I listen to podcasts every day. And those are those nuggets that I just grasp from what you said. Like there's those, those little nuggets that when you end a podcast, you go, okay, I'm going to remember those things. Those are things I'm going to take back to my team. In saying that, professional development, you know, you got to, there used to be the joke years ago, um, Amber knows this probably with Southwest Airlines, they used to like do coloring content. I mean, different unique things in professional development and also to say, do these people fit in that culture? How do you, how do you find that within the Amazon on the professional development side and kind of where do you, where do you teach your people and coach your people to be you know, that person that has that kind of mindset, what, what makes, what makes that process a little bit different for you, Heather? Yeah. So for the first thing, when you come to Amazon, we have a very rigorous interview process because it, it's, I'm not saying anything out of turn, every probably leadership book and, and management book you've ever read is going to say something along the lines of, you have to make sure that you have somebody who's going to be a good organizational fit. They might look perfect on paper, but actually finding out those behavioral traits, getting examples of past you know, experiences or deliverables, because those are going to be the best indicator of future performance. That's what we really look for. So first of all, it's this incredibly long vetting process to get somebody that we think might be good when they come in. Then you have to come into Amazon and Amazon, for anybody who's worked at Amazon, it is unlike anything that you have ever experienced. Um, it is, you're working with this, some of the smartest people that you've ever worked for. Sometimes I just feel so very fortunate to even be in the room with people that have hundreds of patents. And you just walk down the hall and you see them and you walk with them. And you're like, wow. Um, so for me, you know, it's getting the right people in the door. Once you have them in the door, I think that Amazon has done a, a really good job, especially in recent years, of making sure that we emphasize things that people are good at. Mm -hmm. um, we have leadership principles and they're, they're pretty well documented on the inter internet. You could even go Amazon leadership principles and look it up. They're on Amazon.com or our, our jobs page as well. But we look at what people are very, very good at, and we lean into their superpowers. So I, if we could go on forever with the things that I'm not good at. Fortunately, we don't have to do that. Um, and Amazon doesn't do that either. There are just some things that I will never, never do very, very well. And there are some things that I can do pretty, pretty well or okay at. So for professional development, what we always try to do is find out what that secret sauce is that somebody brings to the table mm -hmm. and we try to kick it up a notch. That's what we, that's, that's for professional development. The next thing that we always try to do is exposure. Um, a lot of companies or let's say just in the professional life, it becomes very hierarchical, right? There is a, a list of people, you know, the leader passes a paper down the, the chain and then the, somebody at the bottom completes whatever needs to be written and passes it back up. Um, for, for us, for development, we want to make sure that our organizations are kind of flat because there's the only way that you're going to learn is by seeing the best, the strongest, the brightest in action. And if you have doors in between the people who need to learn, develop and grow, and the best and the brightest, that trajectory of you know improvement 
is stifled. You're not going to get kind of that, that good glide path that you're hoping for. So for professional development, those are the two things. And then the you know other thing that I would say that we really have tried to do, especially for my team, learn and be curious is one of our leadership principles. I'm always trying to get people to go out there and say, let's learn something new. What's out there? Can we go and you know read trade papers? Can we go and take meetings with other um, people in the industry? Can we go and say, hey, what what's the newest certification out there? Um, AWS training, AWS certifications. We we've been making sure that our team is is actively trying to pursue those. Why? Well, it just makes sense. That's largely what we're moving towards as a company, and a lot of people outside of. Uh, Amazon are moving towards AWS services. So we should probably try to be pretty good at that. In the security realm, um, we want people to go out and say, okay, do you know, are you familiar with SEPTED? You know, do you want to go out and get some more of those information security certs? We we do a lot of that activity because um, my, my current manager always does a quote um, from Henry Ford. Um, I think that somebody walked up to Henry Ford and said, you know, what happens if we train people and they leave? And he says, well, what happens if you don't train them and they stay? <laughs> so for us, we're always trying to make sure that we're getting people a lot of the great information that's out there in the world because we're not experts and, and we're voracious learners. I hope I answered the question on that one too. Oh my gosh, I love it. That was awesome. Yeah, I think that's a perfect, you know, you think about failing fast and, and all of these other things, they require you to be so self-aware and, and kind of like, okay with yourself to put yourself out there. Cause that's a pretty vulnerable thing to be like, okay, we're going to try this. And I don't know if it's going to work. So it's, it's definitely speaks to the culture that obviously leadership has created like yourself and others to make sure that people feel comfortable with that. So, you know, thinking about yourself and how you have navigated that right and and getting out there and and maybe and you've mentioned some great leadership lessons i take grit as one i think grit is definitely a leadership lesson and and having grit and understanding what that is and what it takes but other other leadership lessons that you could impart to our listeners if they're like gosh you know that's that all sounds great but that's scary you know that's scary to do something different that you may not feel that's your wheelhouse right and and what if you fail so what do you think about that and kind of yourself along your career and then maybe how, how you counsel people that report to you in in this type of way so one of the challenges that we have is we do get a lot of people that are the the best and the brightest and we recruit them and they come in and they've always been, I always joke, the Lisa Simpsons, the grade me, please. I'm an A student, you know, <laughs> please. And when you've always been at the top of your career, of your game, of your profession, or in the company that you used to work at, you probably aren't accustomed to failure. So coming in and failing and being okay with it, man, I mean, you have to have pretty thick skin for it to not bother you. Failing bothers me. So don't, <laughs> please, I don't like simply say, oh, we just, you know, spent a pile of money and a, a lot of time and it didn't work. Better luck tomorrow. No, of course not. You know, we're, we're, we're wrecked. We're like, I thought it was going to work. What didn't work? Um, but with that, the 
the high performers, the ones that aren't used to failure, when they come in, if they can get into the spirit of the activity and the learning lesson, it works out wonderfully. If you if people can't, if they're not, you know, able to grow that fast in that area, and not everybody is, you know, it, it's it's a very hard culture to work in. Not only that, but we are a group of people that are very, um, it's a, it's very much a meritocracy. We want people to perform and deliver results and we want to make sure that we deliver for our customers. So whenever we actually put something out, whenever we are producing, we as individuals and we as an entire Amazon collective, we're saying, okay, we need to do this. We need to critique that. We need to fix that tweak there. So even getting a lot of the feedback along the way, can be a little bit more painful for people who haven't experienced that type of culture before. Um, it's mostly done in like good spirit, good intent, but sometimes it can be hard to get feedback consistently that could be, you know, constructive, but critical of the work. So with that, yeah, working at Amazon, the feedback, the fail fast, it's all part of a larger psyche that people usually have to, to come in and, and adopt. Um, works for most people, but sometimes it, it's not always a, a match made in, in Amazon heaven. And that it's, it, that is tough. You know, I mean, I think the whole feedback thing is often difficult, right? I mean, when I was younger in my career, it's like, well, all the feedback's going to be great, right? It's all positive because I'm the best thing ever. Right. And then you get knocked down. A <laughs> what do you mean? Days. What do you mean? You don't like it. Yeah. You must not understand it. Yeah. Yes. You must <laughs> not get yeah. it. Because right. I know what I'm talking about. And this might be a per this is a another perfect segue uh for Angie's question. Over to you, lady. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because it does segue nice into career development for other people in your position. Um so how do people, you know, become Heather 2.0, right? So how do they learn how to kind of, you know, find that same path to kind of what you've done. It, it looked to me like based on what you said earlier, Heather, you took a risk. You had to risk, right? Something different, something unique, you know, do, do LP executives sometimes that are, you know, growing in their career, do, do, do they play it too safe? Do they need to look outside the box as I think Amber described earlier? You know, how do they, how do they get to, to be a Heather Warner at some point? So for, for me, working in the environment that I work in, I feel empowered and enabled to make a lot of big changes um, and do so with some autonomy. Uh, again, it's that that fail fast and ownership that, that we have. Um, for other executives, I always think just be true to yourself, especially in loss prevention and security. I think that our, our North Star, whichever company you work for, is about the same, Right. We want to create a safe environment for everybody who we represent. Uh, not only that, but we want to prevent loss for our customers, our company, our shareholders. And with that, what you have to do to achieve that, it, it might be a different road. There might be different needs. But as somebody who is new or even seasoned in your career, you have to look and say, okay, what can I do to move the needle? What is my big problem? What is the problem I need to solve? How can I do that? And the biggest part for, for me, um, we could 
we could talk for probably 30 minutes about my career, but I could talk for years about the wonderful people that work for me. I don't do this by myself. I am never the smartest person in the room. I'm never the most imaginative. I don't have the best ideas. I have amazing people that work for me who do. So as a leader, I would recommend surround yourself around people that don't think like you surround yourself around people who don't say the same things that you would people that challenge the status quo, people who function well in ambiguity. That's how I've been successful <laughs> on the coattails of the people that I surround myself with, really. Uh, but for other leaders, yeah, I would I would say that that would be the secret sauce. I love it. Yeah, that's I, feel like, I feel like I should be writing all this down right now, Amber. I'm like, <laughs> you can rewind. This. We'll rewind. Just, no, okay. All right. Boom, boom, boom. All right. My whiteboard's going to be full. Heather. It's going to be whole, full. What's hard about that? And often people, executives that I interview, it's like those that have made it up to up to the ladder. And obviously people look at the title you have and be like, okay, she's made it. Right. And it's interesting because that's, it's a very common thread that the executives that have made it up the ladder have that same mindset of like, okay, no, no, I can hire people that, you know, are smarter in different areas than I am. And it's crazy because you have to be so secure in yourself and what you bring to the table to be able to do that. Um, Okay. So switching gears, and this may not be Amazon specific to note to the listeners out there, but thinking about in general, right? Things that, you know, are obviously uh, listeners are loss prevention, asset protection professionals. Like what are some things that you think, okay, look, these are some things um, to watch out for. You know, if you could tell Heather 25 or Heather 19, like in your career path, like what are some specific things that, you know, you would tell your 25 year old self if you could rewind time? for those to like, Hey, look out for this. So I would say specifically, um, for, for me, um, in general, and I'm going to use it through, through my lens, which is the lens of a woman. Um, don't do the office housework. Do not be the person that of course takes the notes. Don't be the person that writes the paper. Um, try to be the, one of the decision makers. Um, I think that for me, I believe that that I would tell my my younger self definitely focus on those impactful things that can help the business, help your company and not the little things that are important but don't set you apart from your peers. That that for me would be the the biggest piece of advice because I was always the go-to person to help out um but I think that for me, what I could have done differently is set myself apart with those big ideas and spoke louder in those meetings instead of just being as dutiful. I also think that um, I would say be less afraid. Um, I think that people are worried about reputational impacts if you go out on a limb with something. Um, people are afraid of doing something, quote unquote, wrong or having a bad idea. Um, I don't think that people really understand that the people that speak out and have ideas are the most interesting people in any room that I'm a part of. And those are the people that I pay attention to. There are sometimes the people that have what I would consider an idea that doesn't really have merit fully baked but there was something to it. Those are the people that I'm like, hey, 
can I have a conversation? You were talking about this. What did you mean? And just having those collaborative conversations, um, it, it's it's a growth for me as a leader. And then for them, it's an opportunity to get FaceTime with leadership. So for me in the past, I would say, be less afraid, speak up, share your ideas and use those connection points as an opportunity to have more one-on-one -on -one personal conversations with leaders who can position you um, better in a company. Yeah, that's that that's some great advice right there um, for sure. So, all right, Angie, over to you. I know this might be a leading question because you are one of the best in the business solution provider wise, both NAVCO, NAVCO and you personally, let me just say, but you got to get the goods from Heather. So go on. Yeah, I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to phrase this in a way that when I ask the question, Heather, you don't get 25 calls, knowing you a hundred calls this week, and they say the exact same thing once this podcast airs. So um, giving some advice for some solution providers like Navco, um, what are some of the things that you want to hear and see that's different and unique when somebody calls you? I mean, I know, you know, I get, I get plenty of sales calls myself, Heather, and it's kind of like we pick and choose who we respond to based on, you know, what they're asking or what they want. Um, what, what kind of solutions do you feel like, you know, provide you something that there's value there when, when you decide, Hey, this is worth my time to respond to, or, you know, I, I, it's a good idea. So um, not surprising. And I'm sure that a lot of folks in similar positions to mine have this experience. We get a lot of calls, a lot of um, pitches for wonderful products, just really great products, independent, like great products. People are contacting me all the time with their solutions to a problem, but they're not asking me what my problem is. So I always recommend that if you want to start a long-term relationship, you know, this is not for Amazon. This is just in general. Um, and you're trying to build that business relationship. Ask the person you want to be your customer. What is the problem that you need to get solved? What is the dog that's barking? What is the dog that's not barking? And instead of leading with your solution, just, you know, ask what the problem is. Now, the next thing that I would say is that when you start thinking about, and we're going to talk about security in general, there are a lot of independent pieces of technology out there, a lot of different independent pieces of hardware out there, a lot of different services that can be contracted. How many different services do you think is ten are tenable for a company, um, small, mid, or large? size to take on. Anytime somebody's engaging, you know, any any technologist or security technologist or loss prevention specialist, if you come with one little piece, how is that going to fit into the larger ecosystem that already exists? So in addition to looking for the problem, just trying to figure out, okay, how would I be part of a cohesive ecosystem that already exists? Or how would I make it easier for people to do their job? A lot of times people want to layer on, and I kind of always liken it to um, painting a room without stripping it first. You know, you just keep layering and layering and layering one thing after another. And soon enough, you know, paint just starts peeling. 
<laughs> if you do it right and you get the the perfect coat, that's that's really what we're looking for. We're not looking for just, you know, a cover up. So if I were to recommend, first of all, don't call me with a solution. <laughs> you know, if you want to chat about my problems, you know, I'm happy to do that. And then also, um, if you do want to to help figure out how you would be part of a large security ecosystem that already probably exists and how it would impact to add you as an extra layer. I, and I think that the, the other piece that I just want to add on there is that we love having conversations, you know, just as in general, that's part of the, the learn and be curious is learning what's out there in the world. I, we just, we're so big that sometimes we can't, things just won't work for us. We need to to do something a little bit different. Be part of um, figure out how we can have products or services be part of that more cohesive ecosystem that helps increase the amount of time that we can help with our customers and decrease any of our you know security vulnerabilities, decrease any loss prevention risk. We we don't want to add on more complexity. Great great advice. And great don't advice. call and say I'm I'm just happen to be in your area. I hate that. Why do people, why do solution providers think that you think that's true? Everyone knows that's not true. It's in the sales yeah. training 101, Amber. Just right tell here. them that you're going to be in their area anyway, and they'll take the meeting for sure. Okay. Yeah. I usually go to ISC West and um, I flip my badge around so nobody can see that. my title. The badge is over. The badge is over. Yeah. 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 It's, it's tough. It's brutal. Um, Okay. So I love this one of my favorite questions. Best career advice, worst career advice. Sometimes I let people pick whether you want to choose best or worst. If you have both, we will take it for sure. Some people don't like giving the worst because they're like, oh, someone's going to hear this and they told me that. But I'll throw it out there to you. If you want to do both, fantastic. If you want to pick, we'll take it. The, the best career advice. Um, it's not all about you. That's so, you know, when you, you, for me, I, I'm one of those people that, you know, sometimes I'll wake up at 3am with an idea and I'll go in and type and I'm always, you know, doing something and just very kinetic and going just, you know, mad with typing emails and all of that. And for a while, especially um, early in my career, and even, you know, depending on the day, maybe, maybe even now, um, it's always, hey, you know, we need to talk about this. Let's do this. Let's, let's, let's talk about this. I, I have this idea. Let's do, it's not all about you. What do you think that somebody else has on their plate right now? Why do you think that, you know, my, one of the, my favorite things that people ask me is, Hey, did you get my email? Oh, oh that one email. <laughs> okay. It's not all about you. People are not, you know, waiting on you. And I also use that sometimes as advice to people when, you know, perhaps they're going through a rough stretch and, you know, maybe having a little imposter syndrome or maybe having a little bit of insecurity. It's not about you. People aren't thinking about you when you're not around all the time. I guarantee you <laughs> there are other things going on. So for me, I say that in a way that is good career advice because it's very reassuring to bring people back down to earth it's it's very humbling for for me to remember like hey not everybody's thinking about you know the next thing that I've got on my agenda 
um, we need to be conscious of each other. So that was the best career advice. And um, I, I try to remind myself of it. And I um, definitely, I, my manager reminds me of it occasionally as well. So, man, I could have used that when I was, I don't know, 30, which is like even old to like need that advice. Like that's a little too old to need that advice, but I'm telling you, it's like full disclosure here. All right, Angie, bring us home with another one of my favorites. All right. Yeah. I love this one too. Um, so if you, if you were not an LP executive or, or you had a choice to do something different in your life, what did you miss out on or what would you have wanted to be? I mean, president of the United States. I mean, I don't know the way you're going, Heather. You could have been the next Tony Robbins in the women in the women's sector. So I I, I don't know about that. So I, you're gonna last, but um, the last few years, especially when you know when the pandemic hit, I really thought thought that I would have a niche opening a wine shop. <laughs> nice. I, you know, I thought I would be very shrewd in that area. Um, in terms of what I missed out on, um, the folks on my team will tell you that you know don't put a contract in front of me um, because I will read and dissect it. I think that, you know, if, if I could have been something or done something else, it would have actually been a lawyer, nothing trial lawyer, but just something, something like a, a tax lawyer or a, you know, a contracts lawyer. I know that that sounds horrible, but you know, different things <laughs> fill other people's buckets going through a nice contract and um, pulling in <laughs> companies <laughs> to speak. It, it's one of my favorite pastimes. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's awesome. Yeah. That is a good, that is a good and very uh, rare trait, I would say, because man, I'm like one of those that I'm like, I don't want to read this. I'll just sign yeah. it. And my business partner's <laughs> like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, here, you sign this thing. No, yeah. that's, uh, that's, that's interesting. So you like the whole like burnt apricot flavors of these wines and all of that. Like you get this. I, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not the person that's going to go, oh, it's medium plus. No, <laughs> you know, or, <laughs> you know, I, um, it has leggy tannins. No, I, 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 I could go down that road, but you know, for me, I, I do appreciate a nice wine and I can recognize what I like. Um, and I'm pretty good about recommending wine to others. So I, I really did feel that, um, that could have that could have been something or could possibly in the future be something that I would love doing. So now to, you're gonna get a bunch of vendors sending you wine. Is that yeah, what you're gonna sorry. say, Angie? Yeah, I mean, I was just trying to think, yeah, how do you get a, a a law office that serves certain wines or something where I mean you're drinking wine and you're getting legal advice? I don't it's know. like a contract <laughs> in wine. It's like a sip I, and paint, but it's more like bring your contracts. And we'll have some wine. I see it. I, I would here have a if have a glass and a bottle. Let me read this for you. <laughs> you know, that's awesome. I'll feel your pain. I get it. <laughs> well, we appreciate you, Heather, stepping into the talk LP hot seat. You did phenomenal, of course, and we're all fangirling and boying over uh, Amazon because it's just incredible. So I could order something right now and have it in an hour. It's nuts. Please do. <laughs> I have stuff in my cart already. So thank you so much. We appreciate NAVCO for co-hosting today and bringing in, getting Heather in here, which is awesome. Now we've made a new friend that we can harass, but thank you guys so much for listening. You can follow us at Let's Talk LP and download the Talk LP news app. Why wouldn't you? Be crazy. All right, guys. Thanks so much. We'll talk at you soon. See ya. Cause, cause, cause. Yeah.
with the word.